Welcome to the Grassroots Podcast, hosted by GreenIndustryPros.com, where we dive into the root of the trends, business strategies, products, and personalities in the green industry. My name is Ryan Wisner, editor of Green Industry Pros. I recently arranged a panel discussion with representatives from Steel, Echo, and Husqvarna to discuss the importance of safety in relation to the use of chainsaws. Overall, a safety culture within any landscaping or tree care operation is vital, particularly when chainsaws are frequently being utilized. On the last episode of the Grassroots Podcast, the panel focused on personal protective equipment and training in regards to safety. For today's episode, we pick back up with the panel's discussion on proper chainsaw maintenance. Let's listen in. So in addition to the, uh, the protective gear, when we're talking about safety, the, uh, another aspect certainly would be uh, keeping up on the maintenance of, of the respective saws. So what are some of the key uh, maintenance uh, things that need to be taken care of on a chainsaw? And, and uh, Ben, we'll uh, start with you on that. Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, cutting equipment. Uh, you want to make sure you 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 have filed and sharpened uh, chain when 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 starting a job. At all times, you want to make sure your bar is in good working order. It's not worn. Uh, the rails are, are in proper condition. Um, you you obviously want to maintain your air filters. Make sure you're free of debris inside uh, by the flywheel and the starter housing, as well as the air filter is, has been cleaned out. Uh, that helps obviously the chainsaw breathe. It, it, it helps you know. It, it helps from a performance standpoint. I, I think you know if you if you refer to your Husqvarna uh, operator's manual, we have a very detailed uh, maintenance schedule that highlights maintenance schedules for daily use or before each use, what you should, how you should maintain it weekly and then how you should maintain it monthly. So follow that maintenance schedule. There's things you should do every single time before you operate a chainsaw, as I said, make sure your, your chain break is working properly. Make sure your throttle lockout's working property, properly. Um, maintaining your equipment ensures that it's operating and performing at its peak performance. Uh, tying that back to safety, if your equipment is not performing the way it's designed, you're going to overcompensate it with more force or more stress on your body. So, you know, fatigue then becomes in a consideration. Operating with a dull chain, you're pushing harder. You're, you're, you're forcing that saw through the wood. Uh, that, at the end of the day, comes back to fatigue on the user. So, um Maintain, maintain your chainsaw per the OEM's recommendations. Ensure your chainsaw is operating uh, as designed. That will not only be good for your chainsaw, it'll be good for you and your body as well. John, you want to uh, address this? Sure. I, so I typically recommend that users do, there's a four kind of four things to always look at when you're maintaining your chainsaw. Um, the first thing is to make sure that your, your chain brake is always working. Um, you know, that's the one of the safety, safety pieces of equipment that if you need it, you don't want to find out that it's not there. And so just always when you pick up your saw, just, um, just ensure the chain brake is working. And then routinely, um, you know, we see complaints and things like that. I can group these next three things into kind of top three things that a user should do to maintain their chainsaw. Um, so the first thing is to always make sure you're using a high grade of ethanol free fuel. Um, don't go out and buy the cheap, um, you know, fuel that's been sitting around for a while, the, the 83 octane 
you know, cheap stuff. Oh, I got a good price on it, but good, always good use, good, high quality ethanol free fuel. And my personal recommendation is don't buy more fuel than you can use in 30 days. Uh, fuel has, you know, if you do buy fuel, it has ethanol in it. Ethanol is like a sponge for moisture. And so that moisture soaks into the fuel. And then once it gets into the carburetor, that moisture causes corrosion. And it's just, uh, just bad news all around for, for your chainsaw. So make sure you're always using um, high quality fuel, um, such as a uh, pre-mixed fuel, steel mix. We make a steel moto mix fuel. Um, it's a high quality ethanol alkylate based fuel. Um, and this fuel can be stored for up to two years in the original container. So um, great fuel to use. The second thing is just make sure your air filter is clean. Make sure it's clean before you use it. Make sure it's maintained. There's no holes in it, things like that. And the biggest and the final biggest complaint that I hear about is, hey, this chainsaw is not cutting right. Well, when you look at it, the chain is dull. So make sure you're always maintaining your chain. Um, touch it up in the field, have it, have it retouched by a, uh, your local steel dealer. Um, so make sure the chain's sharp because there can be a lot of problems that the chainsaw may not be cutting right and it gets blamed on the saw when it's really a dull chain that gets blamed. So that's really the root cause of it. So those are the top four things that I recommend. Okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll come back to the, to the sharpening, but first I wanna go ahead and let Jason uh, address, uh, address the general question here. Yeah, when it comes to just kind of overall maintenance, you know, like Ben was saying, when it comes into the engine, you know, air filter, spark plug, fuel filter, um, kind of the same thing you check on your other type of handheld power equipment, what's unique with chainsaws, uh, you know, making sure your, your guide bar is not worn, making sure your, your chain is tensioned properly. You know, if you see a, your chain kind of drooping off the bottom of the guide bar, then you know it's definitely too loose, needs to be tensioned up. Um, making sure your chain brake is functioning. Uh, we see a lot of times where, um, you know, those chain brake covers just from use can just get packed with sawdust and oil and, and, and tree sap, you know, making sure that whole area is nice and clean. And that's gonna help when you're actually cutting with the chainsaw, the, the chips that you're producing that kind of evacuate from that cover and not get piled up in there and, you know, maybe choke down the performance of your chainsaw. So make sure your chain brakes functioning properly, make sure your engine's tuned up uh, properly, Make sure there's not a bunch of dirt and debris packed up underneath that that, that side access or, or clutch cover. Um, that that's 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 most of the maintenance items you want to look for uh, with the chainsaw. Kind of take a little bit on the, the fuel discussion that uh, John was saying. Um, same type of recommendations from Echo. You know, we we recommend um, if you can find it ethanol-free fuel. You know, we too have our Red Armor fuel, which is an ethanol-free fuel, but for, for a lot of people in the country, about 90% is what it's estimated is you have some type of ethanol in your fuel, right? You may go to the pump and you'll see not only different octane ratings, but you may see a E10 fuel or E20 or E30 or E85. So we, we, we prefer you to use ethanol-free fuel if it's just not available in your area, then we don't recommend any ethanol content beyond 10%. So 10% is okay um, and perfectly fine to run in Echo products. Uh, beyond that, we just don't want you using any like E20, E30, E85. You want to stay away from those uh, types of fuels. And one, one, one other thing to touch on as we're talking fuel and oil, I, you know, fuel is very important. Obviously, ethanol fuel uh, does have a shelf life. 
the two-stroke oil is, is equally as important um, as far as the, the longevity of the lifetime of your product. There are some very, very bad two-stroke oils out there on the market. So, you know, I highly, highly recommend and suggest if, if you want your, your equipment to last the way it's designed to last and perform the way it's designed to perform, invest the extra dollar in, 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 the, in the high end. You know, we at Husqvarna has XP Plus, but all of the OEMs here on this call have, have a highly technical design two-stroke oil to ensure that it's minimizing the amount of deposit and, and, and damage that, that would, would occur over time on your equipment. So if you're mixing your own fuel, invest in, invest in the high-quality two-stroke two -stroke oil. It's very important. And, and please don't, don't use um, outdoor, uh, outboard boat motor, water-cooled engine oil. Um, those, those mix oils are not designed to see the high temperatures that you typically see in air-cooled outdoor power equipment. So sure, you could save a couple bucks by buying a gallon jug of you know, water-cooled boat motor oil. Um, don't use that in outdoor power equipment, especially chainsaws, because they run hotter and they just that oil is not designed for um, any any brand of chainsaw out there. So use a high quality mix oil that's designed for outdoor power equipment. Okay. So uh, coming back to the uh, the chain sharpening and the significance of that, uh, John, you were uh, all three of you touched on that, but uh, I'll stay with you, John, briefly. Is uh, in terms of uh, you, you said it should be done on a regular basis. You, I think you were the one that even mentioned that it, it can be done, you know, on site, you know, while you're out on the job, but it's, you can also take it to the dealer. So, I mean, how often uh, should that be done? I mean, and how do you, uh, how do they know when the chain needs to be sharpened? So there's so many variables when you're talking about saw chain. Um, you're talking, if you're talking about cutting clean wood, if you're talking about cutting pine versus a harder oak, um, if you're talking about cutting wood that's been drugged through the mud and it's got little rocks and sand embedded in the bark. So it's really, really difficult to put a time on how long your saw chain should run. Um, the best thing to do is, is for the user to look at the saw chips, the, the saw dust that's being produced by the saw chain and the powerhead. If it's producing large um, chunks of wood that are uniform size, then you know your chain is sharp. And if it's producing um, smaller sawdust, like a flower-like consistency, then it's time to touch up your saw chain. And so there's a, we produce a product on the market, the two-in-one file guide. And this product is a great product for touching up the saw chain out in the field. And what it does is it sharpens the cutters and it sets the depth gauges at the proper height all in one operation. So it's a very easy tool for a user to use. If they think their saw chain's getting a little bit dull, um, Go ahead and sharpen it before it gets 100% dull. Don't wait till it gets 100% dull. Make sure you do it. You can touch it up a few times and keep it sharp. And so if, it, if you hit something like a nail or something like that in a, in a piece of wood, go ahead and take the saw chain off and have it reset back to the original angles and depths by a, by a steel dealer. Okay. Jason, you wanna uh, address that at all? Yeah, I think uh, in addition to that is um, we always recommend keeping the, the chain, you know, out of the dirt, right? We see a lot of times where someone may have a limbs on the ground or a tree down on the ground, and it's very easy to cut through that wood and then to continue cutting through that and then into the, into the soil. 
And the chainsaws are really good at cutting wood, but really bad at cutting in the dirt, right? So we, we, we get customers complaining that, hey, my chain within like a few cuts is it's not sharp anymore. And you really could dull a chain within a first few uses if you're getting that, uh, those cutters into the dirt. And what happens is that the grit, the dirt, the sand, uh, that's all in that soil, as that chain's going around, it, it acts like a high-speed abrasive, and it just grinds down the cutters of your chain to where you're not cutting uh, quickly anymore. So um, it, is, it is very possible a dull chain within a few cuts. So we just want to make sure customers are, are, are preventing their chains from going down into the soil. And Ben, why don't you uh, address this if if you want? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I was talking recently to to a, a, a well known arborist and trainer in the industry, and you know was kind of getting his thoughts on sharpening and what, what he tells what he tells people as he's training. And he 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 said something that kind of stood out to me is Tony. He says, "Always sharpen a sharp chain." You know, if you're doing this for a living maintain your your chain so it's sharp it doesn't take that long uh he compared it to to a butcher a butcher as they're cutting their meat or preparing their meals they're always keeping their knife sharp they're not waiting till their knife goes dull uh and then losing losing the productivity and the design of the knife they're they're always they're they are always uh they're always cutting with a sharp knife so i i think that really resonated with me that you know there are tools out there that are designed to help ensure you have proper filing angles, your depth gauge is set at the right distance, utilize those tools, uh, become familiar with it. it, takes a little bit of practice, but once, once you really truly understand how to, how to maintain your, 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 your chain and your cutting equipment, it does not take that long. You're far more productive cutting with a sharp chain than you are cutting in, until your chain is completely dull and then having to spend a ton of time resharpening it to, to, to as John said, the, the, the factory setting. So, you know, become familiar with it, spend time, train yourself on not only the chainsaw, as we talked about earlier, but the filing, the tools, the different tools that are required for filing, the different techniques for filing, uh, the different filing techniques for different chain types. So, you know, it gets very complicated, but know, know, know your product, know your equipment, and then, and then maintain it. And, uh, and again, productivity, uh, I, I touched on it earlier, cutting with, from a user standpoint, from a fatigue standpoint, cutting with a sharp chain is a lot more difficult or cutting with a dull chain is a lot more difficult than cutting with a sharp chain. So let the tool do the work, maintain it as designed and, and you'll be better off doing that. And I, and I always, you know, the reason why you buy a chainsaw is to do the work for you. And I like you kind of hinted on there a second ago, um, let the chainsaw do the work. You know, you bought it to cut the tree. If you start having to force the, the, the guide bar and force the saw chain into the wood, then it's too much work. Let, let the chainsaw, let the sharp chain do the work for you. So um, that's, that's why you bought the same. That's why you bought the chainsaw to do the work for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and it sounds like uh, a chainsaw really is one of those things. I mean, it's, for a landscaper, it's going to be no different than than a mower. You know, they want to keep those blades sharpened. They want to keep their saw chains sharpened in the same in the same fashion. So, exactly. Um, one another area I wanted to touch on before we uh, uh, start to wrap up here is uh, just out of curiosity. Uh, one of the questions I had sent out to each of you was to touch on the idea of if there's really kind of any general misinformation in terms of. Uh, chainsaw safety out there that you hear uh, in particular landscapers or just contractors in general that they 
they may come to you with and say, oh, well, this, this is safe. And you're like, no, no, that's not a safe way to do X, Y, or Z. Um, Jason, I see you kind of smiling at, at that as I'm referencing this. So if you want to kick off this conversation. Yeah, I think as far as kind of misconceptions uh, with chainsaws, there's really kind of three that come to my mind. Um, you know, you'll have someone looking, uh, walking into their echo dealer and picking up chainsaws and you know, people are looking at 20 inch guide bars and 24 inch guide bars. And you start talking to them and asking, you know, what, what do you, what do you need a chainsaw for? What, what are you cutting? And it's like, oh, I'm cutting down a tree that's, you know, no reference a diameter. It's like four inches in diameter. It's like, well, you don't need a 20 inch or 24 inch guide bar to cut down a four inch diameter tree. Right. So it's, it's a lot of times qualifying the customer to get to the right chainsaw for the job. Um, and you don't need the biggest, baddest saw on the market to make a couple of four inch cuts. Um, so making sure you have the right um, saw. Um, there's some misconceptions out there that, you know, I own battery powered drills and circular saws and reciprocating saws. So battery powered chainsaws at the same level and it's, you know, it's easier to operate or safer to operate. And like we were talking before, regardless of the power source, um, it's an inherently, it's a dangerous tool. And even if it is a battery chainsaw, you still requires all the same amount of training and protective uh, gear as if you were running a, a, a gas uh, chainsaw. And then the other thing a lot of times too is, well, you know, we'll have that safety gear protection again. It's like, well, I'm only making a cut or two cuts. I don't, I don't need to go through the trouble of, you know, putting on chaps and putting on a helmet and putting on, on goggles. So I'm only making a couple of cuts. Well, it only takes one cut to cause an injury, right? So we, regardless of how big or small your job is, always wear the protective safety gear, even if it may take longer putting on your safety gear than actually making the cuts you need to make, it's still uh, not something you want to skip out on. Sure. Uh, John, you want to touch on any misinformation that uh, may, may uh, you've come across at all? There's, there's two points that I commonly come across. Um, the first thing is to have a safety mindset in every aspect of, of your work that you do and slow down, make a, make a plan, and then work the plan. And the, the saying that I hear all the time is um, slow is smooth and smooth is fast and smooth is safe. And so just slow down, have that safety mindset, plan your work, and then work the plan. And so... Um, that's really important, not only with, with a chainsaw, but a lawnmower or any, anything that you do in life is just have that safety mindset. And so the second thing that the misconception that I see on a, on a weekly basis is improperly fitted chaps. And so the chaps are either too short or they're too long. And it's, it's really important for the user to have properly fitting chaps. If the chaps are too short, then it may not provide adequate protection. If they're too long, then the, the user may trip on the, on the end of the chaps. So when you get fitted for a pair of chaps, make sure that the chaps always go down and cover your boot laces. And it's really important. There's a, a fitting tool out there that you can use to measure your outseam and use that fitting tool to measure, say I'm a six foot two guy and I need to buy a 40 inch pair of chaps. So there are tools out there that would help clear up that misconception of, of wearing improperly fitted chaps. And Ben? Yeah, two, two things for me as well. Uh, one regarding kind of chain, uh, the actual use of a chainsaw. Just because you can do it does not mean you should do it. And, and, to, and two examples here. 
uh, top handled chainsaws. Uh, there, you know, there's a trend in the industry that top, top handled chainsaws are, are being banned from a lot of tree care companies because users use them with one hand. They don't, they don't uh, secure the chainsaw with two hands. And just because a top handles design um, uh, appears to be uh, conducive for one-handed operation. It is definitely not designed to be used with one hand. It is designed for a very specific compact reason to, to be on the hip of an arborist as he climbs and navigates through a tree. Um, because you can use it with one hand does not mean you should. Uh, second one, um, drop starting. The way, the way you start a chainsaw, you know, there, there are two very specific ways that you should safely start a chainsaw. And drop starting is not one. When I say drop start, you literally have the chainsaw in one hand and you drop it, let gravity kind of help pull the cord. That is not a safe operation. It's not a safe way to start a chainsaw, but you see it all of the time. Uh, kind of makes me cringe now when, when I see it. Um, chainsaw should either be started on the ground or locked and secured in between your legs. Those are really the only two uh, recommendations that, that, that we have. Um, finally, go, uh, the, the other misconception is, okay, I've been using a chainsaw all my life. I'm not going to get injured. And I just, a stat here that I learned again, talking to some of these, some of these experts in the industries and some of these trainers, he said 90% of the reported injuries on chainsaws can be prevented by doing two things. One, wearing protective trousers or chaps, uh, protective pants or chaps Two, operating safely with using the chainsaw in two hands. Again, that one-handed operation causes a lot of injuries to your left hand and then not wearing protective uh, chaps or, or clothing causes a lot of injuries to that left leg if if the users just do those two things two hands and and, and protect with chaps or protective pants you know the in the number of injuries which is pretty significant is very significant would, would, would drastically be reduced again then that's kind of on us as the oems and, and again we thank you for, for hosting this discussion to get that message out and, and and get that word out because no one is invincible every cutting condition every environment is going to change and um you know you can't predict everything Invest in the in, invest in the insurance policy of the PPE. All of the OEMs make available, and then learn how to properly operate your equipment. Absolutely. Well, and to your point earlier, you mentioned how some of the larger uh, landscape companies are real good about the training and wearing the safety gear and stuff. And it is kind of the smaller operations that you may see some of the lack of of use of the of the safety aspects. And uh, frankly, those are my listeners. It, it, it does yep. tend to be the, uh, the smaller companies that are uh, listening to the Grassroots Podcast and reading Green Industry Pros uh, that are either just com coming into the industry or even if they've been in the industry for a while, they're still smaller where it may be two people or just one guy or maybe three or four, you know, but it's only like two guys, three or four guys and a couple of trucks and trailers. Well, yep. they may not invest in in the chaps or, or take the time to really invest in training for as they maybe rotate through uh, employees. So that's, that is a significant part of this. So, yeah. and uh, which is why I wanted to have this discussion with you. And, and certainly I'm no expert in it, which, hence, hence where I have each of you here. Um, and so to that end, um, let's, uh, let's wrap up this discussion by having you each just kind of run through uh, what you would say are your, uh, your, your top three recommendations uh, from a safety perspective for, for chainsaw users. And uh, Jason, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's uh, like we've talked about already, all the, you know, wearing the proper protective gear, um, you know, education 
you know, either training yourself or training your employees, all the different safety aspects of properly holding a chainsaw, starting a chainsaw, operating a chainsaw, um, making sure you have the, the right um, chainsaw for the job. Um, and then one other thing too that uh, I wanted to kind of add is um, really related to gas powered chainsaws is just some safety that take into consideration when just fueling the unit for the first time for the day, or maybe throughout the day as you're using it, refueling it. Um, you know, just some quick tips there. Uh, you know, we always recommend like a no spill type of fuel container. Um, when you're open up the gas caps of, uh, of the saws, you know, pressure can build up in, in the saws, especially in warm weather, direct sunlight, open those up slowly. Um, always refuel a chainsaw on the ground, you know, never in the bed of a truck or a SUV or a trunk of a car because uh, of the potential for static electricity buildup. And then as you are using the saw throughout the day, when you need to come to refuel, it's a good time to, you know, look over the saw, let the saw cool down before you refuel it, check your chain tension, check your cutters, um, you know, check your air filter. Uh, while that saw is cooling down, never refuel a, a hot saw. Uh, once it's cooled down for a good, you know, five, 10 minutes, then you can refuel, then get back at, at your job. Okay. Uh, John, you want to offer uh, your three top recommendations? I, I want to echo Echo's point of view um, <laughs> that, that you should always properly maintain your equipment. I think, um, I think Jason makes a good point there that you know, we go, we take a lot of pride in, in making this equipment, but sometimes it's only as good as the way that it's maintained. And so the fuel that you put into it's important, the way that you maintain the bar and chain, um, the, the, the way that you maintain the air filter, things like that. All of these things go a, a long way to keeping that equipment productive for a long period of time. So um, make sure you properly maintain your equipment. And if you properly maintain it, then it'll be, it'll be safer as well. Um, Make sure you're wearing the properly fitted PPE. It's it's very it's very critical again to protect your most important asset. And it's it's just it's so important that everybody goes home at the end of the evening. And that's that's why this PPE exists is to make sure that people go home at the end of the evening. Um, and then the last thing that I always recommend is that if you're especially if you're a new guy or if you're a small crew, um, use your local dealer as a resource. You know, most of them have been in the business for a long time and they can recommend um, the right equipment for your market. They can, they can recommend, hey, we see other people in industry that are using, you know, this, this type of saw or that type of equipment. And your local dealer is really, you know, a very knowledgeable resource that you can go and ask these type of questions too. And also, there's also resources online for how to maintain your equipment, how to, how to use it, how to, how to be trained on it, things like that. So use, use your local steel dealer and use the, the incredible depth of information that exists on the internet uh, to your advantage if you're unsure. Always, always use that information to, to help you be safe and, and productive at your business. And Ben, if you want to round this out. Yeah, sure. And I am glad to hear that I agree with my friends and competitors from Echo and Steel. Uh, we are all in alignment with this, you know, safety is of the utmost importance. Uh, 
with our chainsaw product assortment. Um, it is a dangerous, it is a dangerous product. And if not, if not properly trained on and protected, you know, there is a risk of injury. So I'll just recap on what already, what has already been said, you know, train yourself on how to uh, properly use, maintain and assess uh, cutting situations. Very important practice you know if you're if you're with an equipment or if you're with a, a company or an organization or you have the ability you know spend some time getting comfortable with the saw before you operate it or if you're training new employees give them the opportunity to cut and prepare and train outside of the actual work environment so that they're comfortable comfortable with that equipment before they go out to someone's property or to to a job site uh, and kind of get in the real world situation give them a safe a safe uh, practice uh, condition so that so they, they do have comfort and comfortable with with the equipment. PPE, we touched on it the entire podcast. Um, there's a ton of great products out there. Uh, it's not worth it to, 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 to shortchange yourself and not not invest in these products. You know, if you're doing this for a living, you're doing this, you're operating a chainsaw on a daily basis, that's more of a risk and, and, and more opportunity for something to go wrong. So protect yourself, invest in that insurance policy, uh, where, where the PPE, where the five items John, John touched on earlier is very, very critical. Um, uh, and then maintain your equipment. I, I touched on that earlier. Let your equipment perform as the brilliant engineers in the world have designed them to operate. These guys design there is a, there is a purpose for their design when they are operating at the at their at their peak performance that is designed to ensure that you are as a in a comfortable operating position as you can be. So those those would be my my top three: uh, training, maintenance, proper PPE. Well, thank you all uh, for joining me again today uh, on this podcast. Uh, I think it's going to be really helpful to uh, have a lot of this information out there. I, I would agree with John that uh, it seems to me that uh, this conversation isn't out there enough, which is kind of what prompted me to pull you together to uh, have this discussion. So I, I appreciate you coming on, and I'm, I certainly hope uh, we can come together in the future to have uh, other discussion, discussions about the chainsaws and other aspects uh, of those tools. Yep. Thank you. Thank you again for the invitation. I really appreciate it. I think it's a great opportunity to, to talk about these early, often, and frequently. Um, just talk about these topics. And I'm, if you ever need something like this again, please extend an invitation to us. We're always welcome to, to be part of conversations like this. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Big thumbs up for me. Thank you. Absolutely. Yep. Likewise here, anything we can do, I think it was a great discussion. It was nice to talk to you know, uh, other uh, industry experts, um, overall, nice, nicely done, uh, very well pulled together. So I appreciate the invite and uh, I was honored to be part of it. Yeah, same here, Ryan. Uh, very good initiative. Uh, let's get the word out. And, you know, this is this is something, again, competitors in the store, but I think we're all aligned here. Uh, still echo and Husqvarna that, that we, we care about the users. We care about the professionals, homeowners alike. And, and this this is a great message to, 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 to begin the broadcast. So thank you for the invite. Well, that's it for this edition of the Grassroots Podcast. Thanks again to our panel of chainsaw experts from Echo, Steel, and Husqvarna. And be sure to tune in next time to hear OPEI President Chris Kaiser share his thoughts on the concept of back, backyarding on the next episode of the Grassroots Podcast on GreenIndustryBros.com.